Ladies and gentlemen, you found the program that pulls no punches, that knocks out political correctness, and delivers a right cross to defend the Constitution. We call it Fighting Words. And now, entering the ring, retired infantry colonel, trial lawyer, and fighter for truth and justice, Kurt Schlichter. Yeah, welcome to Fighting Words, the Kurt Schlichter podcast. It's sort of affiliated with the Hugh Hewitt Show and that observes the convention of FCC rules regarding profanity. So that's a little different than my usual stuff uh, over at uh, Town Hall VIP, which is unredacted with Kurt Schlichter. And let me tell you, it's a little bit unredacted. So, you know, you might want to watch that. I work a little blue. But we're going to be talking riots today. We're going to look at this on a strategic level. We're going to talk about what was actually going on, what the actual effect is going to be. Here is my thesis. This is the equivalent of the Tet Offensive for the military wing of the Democrat Party, the Antifa types. Okay, They rose too early, they exposed themselves, and they suffered a crushing defeat. I think uh, Hugh was right when on Wednesday the 3rd during his show, and that's the day I'm recording this, is earlier today, he said, look, I, I think that... Uh, I think that uh, today uh, America has moved massively red because of what's happened. Tuesday night was a massive, massive improvement over Monday night. Monday night was an utter disaster. Uh, Tuesday, they were gaining control. What was the difference? There were a number of things. Uh, the big thing, you saw President Trump come out and say, we're not taking this anymore. He made his famous walk across the park after they got the uh, scumbags out of it. Yeah, and I've got no use for these uh, rioters, none. So don't, you know, if you're like, well, you know, they're peaceful. Pro-. They're not. They're scumbags. They're rioters. Peaceful protesters are one thing, but that, that's not who was throwing stuff and setting fires and things. In any case, uh, we had the president come out and make his statement. We had the guard begin to plus up police forces in many places, not New York City. That's important. We'll talk about that. But they finally got control. And uh, Tuesday was a vast improvement. Wednesday will be an improvement again. So why my theory that this was a massive disaster? Let's go back to 1968, the Tet Offensive. Tet was the Lunar New Year in Vietnam. Intelligence reported that, well, you know, the Viet Cong might get a little uppity, but usually it's kind of a truce. Everybody goes see their family, including the communist guerrillas. Except this time the communist guerrillas, who had been fighting an insurgency, they'd been out in the brush um, fighting with Americans, not really holding territory, because here's the thing about insurgents. Usually they can't hold territory. The thing about insurgents is they run and hide. They're hard to hit. The counterinsurgent usually has the combat power so that if the insurgent stays still and they meet in a one-on-one -on -one fight, well, the insurgent tends to lose. Now, Vietnam was a little cloudy. There were North Vietnamese regulars in there, so it wasn't a complete insurgency. But, but the bottom line is generally an insurgent, until it is successful enough, they can compete face-to-face, 
in a stand-up fight against counterinsurgent forces, wants to remain decentralized and therefore not allow the focus of the counterinsurgent to hit it. Now, in, in wartime, that's combat power. That's like bombs and artillery and stuff. It's a little different in an information operation. And I'll, I'll talk about the difference in a second. So, okay, the North Vietnamese, or the, uh, the Viet Cong, communist guerrillas, rose up and attacked cities. They came out of the country and attacked cities and attempted to hold ground. Uh, initially, the American and South Vietnamese forces were kind of reeling. They didn't fully, they should have expected it, but they didn't. Uh, they got pushed back, and then they rallied, and then they came in, and you saw what happens when a superior force is able to focus its combat power on a non-decentralized enemy crushed it. Uh, the Viet Cong tried to hold the city of Hue, H-U-E, after massacring uh, many of the inhabitants, and uh, the American South Vietnam forces surrounded them and just destroyed them. The, the Tet Offensive was a disaster for the Viet Cong. It never recovered. We killed piles of them. They, they could not hold up against us. They rose too early. They expected the people of the cities to rally to them. They expect it to be overwhelming. They were wrong. They were exposed. They were crushed. Except here's the thing. The American media was stunned that the enemy could fight back and portrayed Tet as a great victory. Tet was a disaster for the Viet Cong on the kinetic level, on shooting and bombing and stuff. On an, as an information operation, it was a huge success and perhaps changed the nature of the war. The What's the difference between kinetic and information? Okay, kinetic is shooting people. That's one way to exercise power. You go in and shoot them, okay? Put a guy on the ground with a rifle and shoot people. That's kinetic, okay? That's the actual fighting. What's information? Information is about managing perceptions and changing the way your enemy thinks. And that was what happened in the Vietnam War. We did not lose the Vietnam War militarily. We lost it as part of an information operation. We, uh, they were able to, uh, with the um, collaboration and collusion of a left-wing media and left-wingers in the United States, uh, the idea that we, uh, we had been defeated in Vietnam and eventually we pulled out. And then it went kinetic! And then the uh, North Vietnamese communists came in and uh, conquered everything. So, what is this? Let's understand the nature first of our enemy and then the operation. The enemy here are the organized Antifa types, the politically active folks with an agenda. Now, that's not, and they're composed of various groups, too. There are other groups. There are legitimate protesters, or people who want to go out there and make their view known. They may or may not be sympathetic to the rioters. Some are not. Some are. Uh, some are just sort of neutral and want to keep a distance. Uh, there are also criminal elements. There are people who go, hey, we're having a riot. Let's go raid a target. Let's steal some big screens. They don't care about politics. However, those folks contribute to the information operation, which is what happened in the wake of George Floyd's uh, death. The information operation, what is the purpose? The purpose of the Antifa, which I keep referring to as the military wing of the Democrat Party, is to convince you that we have no control, that they are in control, that they are the ones 
in power and that we should be afraid and we should be intimidated. That's their general vibe. Their long-term goal is, of course, power for themselves, uh, which would be a very different United States. No freedom of speech, no freedom of religion, uh, no right to keep and bear arms. By the way, everybody's keeping and bear arms now. This is part of the disaster uh, for the left that these riots have been. So they wanted to, and were looking for, and had planned for and coordinated for and trained for a perfect incident, which Mr. Floyd, the videotaped death of that guy at the hands of a uh, inept mili- uh, uh, or perhaps malicious Minneapolis police officer, became became the rallying cry, became the lightning rod. They didn't. They, they don't care about Mr. Floyd. They don't care about Black Lives. If they did, they would care about Officer Dorn and the uh, federal police officer killed in Oakland, two uh, African Americans murdered by looters, uh, but they don't care about that. And seeing that, as one, seeing that dichotomy is one of the reasons this has failed. Okay, so that was, that was the goal of the operation. Democrats could not get what they wanted through peaceful means. They are happy to use uh, deniable violent actors uh, uh, to do so. And this is not unusual. For instance, Sinn Féin, is the political arm of the Irish Republican Army in, in Ireland. And they, they, with a wink and a nod, they supported the PRIA, PIRA's violent activities um, and reaped the political benefits. There were no military benefits. you got to understand, again, this is not a kinetic operation. The rioters and looters hold no ground. They have no territory. There are no no-go areas. They are in charge only of what ground they are standing on at the moment, and they get pushed back by the cops. Uh, when there are no cops around, it looks like they're in control, and in that few block radius, they are, and the media magnifies it. So you get a false impression. Most of New York's not on fire. The worst place in the country, New York, not on fire. There, there is looting, there is rioting, but it's not widespread in the sense that you can't live your normal life. Remember, in an information operation, in an insurgency, you want to affect normal people and make them afraid. That's why these uh, dumb curfews that are like countywide, like all of Los Angeles County has a curfew. Why? When only... You know, maybe maybe a, a half square mile has any kind of violence. This is a huge boon to the protesters or the rioters, not the protesters, the rioters, because it gives the impression that they are in control, that there is chaos, the authorities cannot control things. That's a message they want to send. What else do they want to send? They want to send, uh, well, what else do they want to do? What they want to do is they want to provoke the counterinsurgents to a heavy-handed response, okay? If they can do that, and, and you saw it, when the park police and the Secret Service used smoke, not tear gas, to clear out Lafayette Park, and then Trump went through it, they got jumped on for being heavy-handed and brutal on everything. Think of what happens if somebody starts shooting, if some guardsmen or some cops start firing actual bullets. People are saying, well, we got to send in the guard. Well... We're going to talk about what you do in one of these situations and what's been done here and why 
it's frustrating but necessary. Okay, so we've talked about the nature of what's going on, how it's an information operation, how it's not about controlling territory or ground, and how it's not about combat power because the good guys have all the combat power. We have all the guns. We have all the military. We have the force. We crush this in a second. But should we? Should we crush it in the sense that should we use massive force? Again, like I said, that's what they want. They want to draw that because then that becomes a new rallying cry. Because the old rallying cry is no longer as effective. How many people have you said, watched or heard or seen sneering? Oh, look, they're, 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 they're looting a Nike. What a powerful tribute to George Floyd. Sarcasm, bitterness. Everybody sees this has nothing to do with George Floyd. So they need another rallying cry. So what has the response been, particularly by Donald Trump? Donald Trump doesn't have a lot of options here. Donald Trump has at his hands two main power levers, I guess, for lack of a better thing. The first is obvious. First is the active duty military. The active duty military can come in and use military force, kinetic force, to physically clear areas and physically confront rioters and looters. And what does that do? Well, it sets up the information operation part two where you have oh my gosh the guys from the 82nd shot a bunch of uh, jerks it also has some problems the active duty military cannot come in and operate efficiently unless they are invited by the democrat governor okay a democrat governor who does not invite them in a democrat mayor does not invite them in means that they can't coordinate with the local authorities If they can't coordinate with the local authorities, it's going to be a cluster. It's going to be a mess. It's going to be a complete disaster. And these Democrat mayors do not want active duty military in there. Why? Well, they'd like to help solve the problem, but A, they don't really need them. B, that's going to alienate their left-wing folks who are not woke to the essential nature of what's actually happening. In our words, most... You know, most of these Antifa guys don't look at the big strategic picture. They just want to throw a brick through a window. The guys behind the scenes, the guys thinking about this, the guys organizing this, they're the ones who really, really wish Donald Trump would send military forces in. What about the National Guard? National Guard works for the governors. It's in what's called it's it's, it's in state active duty status. They're not working for Trump. They are not federalized. Guard has a dual status. Part state, they work under the governor. Part federal, they can be called the federal active service. And that is um, that is an important difference. So Trump can do nothing with a state active duty guy. He could call them to federal active duty if he wanted under the Insurrection Act. But otherwise, he really can't do anything, nor should he, because... Right now, you have de Blasio saying, I don't want Trump, I don't want uh, military forces in my city. Okay, who owns the city? Who owns the disaster? Bill de Blasio, Democrat mayor. Oh, he'll blame Trump, but people are going to go, well, you just said you can't do anything, Trump. Now, that's not quite true. 
The other element of power, two elements of power for Trump, military, he's got federal law enforcement. A lot of these organizational activities across state lines using interstate communications are federal crimes. Okay, And this Department of Justice, unlike the one under Eric Holder, will not hesitate to prosecute them. Okay, So they were getting top cover for a long time and allowed to organize and grow and train because they knew the federal government was never going to prosecute them because, frankly, the Obama guys were on their side. Bill Barr's not on their side. We should see federal indictments. We should also see the FBI redirected from interfering ineptly in... Uh, domestic politics to tracking these terrorists, mapping out their organizations. And we spent 20 years overseas mapping out enemy terrorist organizations. We can certainly do it here where we have the advantage of knowing the culture and speaking the language. Um, We also have another advantage. And I talked about it when I guest hosted for Hugh on Monday uh, during my time with Selena Zito. You have uh, uh, one type of the anti-fog. I remember there are Several types of the anti-fall guys. There are the hardcore Marxist organizers. These are professionals. These are, you know, serious folks uh, who are seriously evil and seriously competent. They organize. They prepare. They get logistics down. They plan. They, 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 they're the head honchos. There's no, there's no hierarchy in anti-fa. Yeah, you go ahead and believe that. Yeah, it's just a spontaneous group of people who happen to have planned ahead comprehensively um then there are actual criminals right Uh, one thing that's not appreciated about these leftist rioters is the number of actual petty criminals involved petty criminals love being a part of this and you can see it in like the mugshots and you'll see the dudes of the mugshots with the uh you know tattoos on the face they look like meth guys that's because they're meth guys they're scumbags but they're willing to go out and do violence sure uh sure for you know your hammer and say great why not you know, I mean, you're doing it for that. You know, next week they could be neo-Nazis. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But uh, the other one is the social justice warrior, little, the uh, proverbial middle-class kid. And we saw that uh, video on uh, Twitter where the uh, little 20-year-old's mom and dad walked him in a police station because he'd been charged with arson and rioting and all sorts of stuff. Um Federal charges bring real time. And when Caden, again, I'm rechanneling what I talked about with Selena Zito. When little Caden, who's on, uh, you know, on a break from, uh, you know, Cornell, where he majors in social justice and spending mommy and daddy's money. Uh, when he realizes, you know, the FBI's got him on, you know, on video having driven from wherever the hell Cornell is to Washington, D.C. to commit a riot. And they say, you know, he goes, uh, well, you know, give me my ticket. You know, these Jane Fonda arrests. We go in, I get my picture taken. I do my little power symbol as I uh, get my mug shot. I get a $50 ticket. I go home. No, 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 Caden. You're, you're not getting a ticket and release. This is a federal beef. You cross state lines to organize a riot. That's five years in a federal prison. We're charging you with a felony. You're, you're not getting a ticket and release. You, you're not, remember how you thought you'd be going back to Cornell? You're not. 
You're going to get a different kind of education, and it's it's not going to be a fun one, and it's going to be in a federal prison. Uh, and the $600 an hour lawyer that daddy hires to protect him as he sits weeping, realizing, oh, crap, I have stepped on it hard. He goes, you know, my uh, client, Mr. Caden, uh, uh, is willing to cooperate with the federal government uh, in return for some consideration, at which point the United States attorney goes, oh, really? Well, let's start talking about everything you know about Antifa. So we have the advantage of, ha- of having people we're going to be able to turn. The criminals, eh, they're probably not going to know much about it. They're just muscle. The bigwigs are going to be smart enough to shut up. Young Caden's got a lot to lose. He's a bright future ahead of him. And he doesn't want that to be a future spent in Leavenworth. So the feds are going to have a chance to take these guys down. That is the second kind of power that Trump has. That is the long-term Attacking the organization, the multi-state complex organization that provides logistics and medical support and uh, legal support and organization and training and stuff. Those are the guys the Fed should be looking at. And Bill Barr is smart enough to know it. And he's got a lot of resources that he can use to do it. So they have exposed themselves as insurgents shouldn't do until they're ready to fight. The first thing is they exposed themselves and they lost the support of the people. The people did not rise up for them. The people said, wait a minute, this is not about George Floyd. This is about vandalism and arson and looting. And that's not what we signed up for. So the people didn't rise. Second, the counterinsurgents were able to reorganize and get there in force. But they didn't attack. They didn't use brutality. They actually stayed pretty calm and, and they showed a presence. They may have, may have stayed too calm, but they didn't provide another incident. The incident that they, the insurgents needed to fuel their insurgency. Okay? Remember, George Floyd wasn't doing it. He wasn't cutting it anymore because they had shown it was hypocrisy. And it's an information operation and only what's shown matters. Okay, so they needed an air incident. Cops didn't get them. Cops were restrained. Military was very, very restrained. They didn't get what they wanted. The people were repelled by the violence. Look, in one day, one 24-hour period, I had five different people, five different people who'd never touched guns before, tell me personally, this is off Twitter. On Twitter, I had a bunch more. Tell me personally, yeah, I'm, I'm getting a gun. Anybody who buys a gun, if you look at the statistics, if you ha- a, a, a gun household votes red, a gun household votes red. They have provided a choice. And Donald Trump, by staying out of it to a large extent, oh, they're saying he's not staying out of it. No, he really is. He's saying, hey, I've got resources I'll give you if you ask for them. Putting it on Democrats not to ask. Donald Trump has occupied the law and order hill. Now, Democrats, again, are in a terrible, terrible position because either position that they hold is going to alienate some of their people. They are going to 
either go for law and order, but Trump's already on that ground. You think Joe Biden's going to out law and order Trump? And plus, going law and order alienates his left-wing base, okay? He, he, he tries to embrace the left-wing base. Where the law and order people go? Because Democrats don't like having their houses burned down any more than anyone else. And some of the people who talk to me are Democrats, okay? I know for a fact uh, Democrats are scared and buying guns because I have talked to them. Trump has positioned himself perfectly. Now, media is screaming and yelling, but the media's got really almost no credibility. Remember, just two weeks ago, the media was screaming about all those uh, all those red state hicks in the Ozarks sitting around in a pool infecting each other with pangolin flu. Do, do you really think people didn't notice that suddenly there's no coronavirus anymore? Now, what's going to happen in the future is uh, as soon as this completely peters out, we're going to get back to the coronavirus crisis and that's going to be even worse because people are going to go you know first it was coronavirus is terrible you red state hicks and then uh there's no coronavirus we got to go loot and rob and now we're back to coronavirus i'm not buying anything media has really stepped on it too this has been a disaster there's no upside who who's who is the voter the democrats won over in the last couple weeks their, their use of their own military wing, the Antifa types, it's just been a complete disaster. What is the name of the person who goes, you know, I was a Trump supporter. Then I saw all the rioting and I thought, gosh, I've got to vote for Joe Biden because of all that rioting. There's literally no one like that. So, I know this has been a, uh, a little... Uh, a little chaotic, but the situation's a little chaotic. What are your takeaways here? This is not a kinetic operation. This is an information operation. If you understand it's an information operation, then you won't be saying things like, well, we got to send the National Guard in to break heads. Nope. That's not how you win an information fight. You win an information fight by having a superior message. We do have a superior message. Our message is we provide security and safety. Those people don't. Those people will bring chaos. We have turned their information operation on its head. That is your takeaway. What is going to happen? Well, the, the, the rioting is going to peter out. We'll still have demonstrations. Uh, this guy's having more funerals than John McCain, which is sad because, you know, that's just exploiting the family's pain, but so be it. There'll be lots of protests. Interestingly, I, I have to ask, there are lots of protests. I mean, Who's the guy going, no, this is a good thing? I, I have yet to look at anybody or hear from anybody going, no, I, I think the cops got some good reasons. I've literally heard no one say that. My mom, who was a DA, a judge, uh, law and order, she looks at it and she says, you know, I, I might have charged that first degree murder. I'm not sure that was, uh, you know, lawyers disagree with things, but that kind of shows you that there's not a lot of, or any disagreement. So it's kind of like, okay, who are you protesting against? Because everybody's on kind of the same side. So I don't think that's going to help too much. Because you, you, be, supporting Donald Trump does not mean you have to, you, you feel somehow obligated to defend this thing. I think that's what part of their information, I think that's what they want. But I, I, that's not what it is. Donald Trump was very aggressive in the beginning of saying, no, this is wrong. And we, uh, you know, Department of Justice, to the extent there's a federal uh, issue, you need to get involved. So I think there they had a uh, information failure.
Remember, this was never about George Floyd. This was always about exploiting this horrible, horrible situation for the advantage of the Democrat Party. Well, actually, and, and, and remember, the, the harder core leftists have no use for a Democrat Party. Democrat Party is a transition stage to the kind of communist dictatorship they want. And, uh, you know, the Democrats have found that they're, they're not safe either. They're in a tough place. Law and order are the guys I kind of sympathize with. They're, they're in a bad place. So anyway, I know this has been chaotic. I know it's been wacky. I had a lot of thoughts. Want to get them out there for you. My guess is by the next edition of Fighting Words, we should be seeing protests uh, and demonstrations in connection with a series of memorials and funerals. But I don't think we're going to be seeing riots. I think uh, they've realized rioting is a losing proposition. They have been significantly defeated. And unlike the Tet Offensive, we have alternative media and social media and resources like the Hugh Hewitt Show that can bring you the truth and that cannot paint this disaster for the left as some sort of success or moral uh, moral victory. It's none of those. This was uh, awful exploitation of a tragedy and the American people see through it. And I think it's argue, I think when we look back in six months, People will say Donald Trump secured his election during the week of these riots. All right, I'm Kurt Schlichter. That's my next, uh, my most recent edition of Fighting Words. Go get my book. Now you got to pre-order it. The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You. It's from Regnery. It's coming out July 6th, 7th, one of those days. Just pre-order it now. I want to build up a bunch of pre-orders. That'll really own the lips. And uh, I will talk to you soon next time on Fighting Words with Kurt Schlichter. Thanks a lot.